Welcome to Mission Daily. Today, Chad sits down with Brent Lang, CEO of Vocera. Vocera aims to simplify and improve the lives of healthcare professionals and patients while enabling hospitals to enhance the quality of care and operational efficiency. Brent did not begin in the world of technology. He started as a star athlete in college, winning an Olympic gold medal in 1988. However, it was only after he graduated from the University of Michigan that he began his ascent into the world of tech. After a brief stint with 3Com, Brent was one of the first employees to join Vocera. Since then, he has become the CEO and has paved the way for Vocera to become the leader in healthcare technology. On this episode of Mission Daily, Brent talks about his philosophy for building culture, how Vocera solutions enhance the workflow of healthcare, and the goals of Vocera to help relieve the stress of healthcare staff while taking better care of patients. Mission Daily is created by our team at mission.org. Do you think that technology and maybe uh, innovations that allow us to do more with less, do you feel like that's accelerating? Do you feel like that's decreasing? Um, because, I mean, you've been really close to the front lines of the industry since 2000. Uh, so I'd be really curious to you know, start there, get your take and uh, yeah, see where we go. I think it varies a lot by industry. Sure. You know, I think one of the things about healthcare is that they tend to be late adopters to technology. And so they've been slower to to take up some of the stuff. And so there's a lot of room for improvement left there. I think the challenge with technology is that oftentimes there's unintended consequences from stuff coming sure. in. So for example, in our space, you know, everyone thought that by being able to integrate with other third-party systems, like a patient monitor or a smart bed, that that would be some sort of panacea. But the downstream effect is that very quickly it became alarm fatigue or interruption fatigue where nurses were just being bombarded with technology or or alerts or alarms coming at them. Sure. And it's just like email or text messages. It's it's great in small doses. And then if it gets out of hand, then all of a sudden it's like, ah notification hell. Yeah. You can't you can't live with it. Sure. And so I think that the social systems that we put in place and and processes and rules are not keeping up with the technology. Agreed. It's frankly the manners, you know, how do we behave with each other? How do we treat each other? We're not evolving that quick enough. And so, you know, one of my pet peeves at work is people who do reply all on all the stuff. And I'm like, just think about it before you do it. (laughs) But it's a simple idea. But, you know, if you sort of take that across alerts, alarms, text messages, email, any kind of notifications where you're trying to compete for people's mind share. Right. You have to be really, really disciplined about that. I couldn't agree more. And I think with building a company and especially in a a space like you're doing in healthcare, you obviously have to be incredibly careful and you have to be, you know, you can't move fast and break things. You have to move slowly and save lives. So I'm curious to know what got you excited about the industry, right? Because I'm someone just for context who like on my last deployment in the military, I got uh, obsessed with medical devices and I have eclectic interests. And uh, so I started investing heavily in the space. And uh, my last tour in Egypt, I was um, I spent most of it when I had free time on the phone with um, a company I like invested in heavily. And I was a nuisance to them. I wasn't like a major shareholder or anything like that, but they were a publicly traded company. And I got to learn about that world through uh, the eyes of several like C-level executives that got interested in my interest per se. And so they kind of like taught me a little bit about the industry. However, I learned that the amount of things I didn't know I didn't know about the medical industry was staggering. And um, so I still don't know that much about it. And uh, I'll shut up now. But I'm curious, why are you excited about it? And when did that interest start? It's interesting that you say that because I still feel like I'm a newbie to the healthcare industry, even 18 years into it. And at the time I joined the company back in 2001, 
initially as the VP of marketing, the company was not a healthcare company. We we were not created initially to to serve the healthcare marketplace. And my first job actually was the, the VP of marketing. And the founders came to me and said, hey, we've created this really cool product. Can you go out and find somebody who's actually interested in purchasing it? <laughs> and so one of my first tasks was to go out and do a bunch of customer research in a variety of different vertical markets, manufacturing and retail and hospitality. And I didn't really know anything about the healthcare space, but we went up and started visiting some hospitals. We had a video that we had created that was all smoke and mirrors. There was nothing real about the video. In fact, IDEO had helped us put it together. Oh, uh, they're they're great. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And we had a plastic model of the initial Vocera badge that was didn't work. It was just literally a plastic model. Sure. And I was going around to different people talking to them about the premise of what we thought we were creating. And I had a lot of people say, wow, that's so cool. That's like Star Trek. Oh, I can't imagine how fun that's going to be. But it's very different to have somebody say, that's cool versus to say, I want to write you a purchase order to pay money <laughs> to buy that product. And um, especially we, for people that are getting pitched all the time. So these, the these time. are folks that have they don't have a lot of time and it's they're they're getting spammed with notifications, with sales reps, with all kinds of demands on their time. So, well, and this was in 2001. So it was post Y2K. So like in 99 and 2000, right, everyone is spending all their money on updating their systems for Y2K. So there's no money there. And it was after the first dot-com crash. And so everyone was sort of jaded about technology spend. And right. <laughs> so the Fortune 1000 space that we originally thought was going to be our target was like, yeah, it's cool, but I'm not giving any money for it. And we went up to a hospital in Daly City at Seton Hospital, and I was basically giving the same pitch that I'd been giving to these other vertical markets. And I showed the little video, which was not set in a healthcare environment. It was set in an office environment. And I held up the badge and I started telling this audience of nurses what it was that we were trying to do. And this nurse who was sitting in the front row of this conference room is practically tearing up as I'm talking to her. And I literally stopped the presentation and I said, are you okay? And she looked at me and she said, you are going to change the way nursing is practiced around the world. Where have you been for the last 25 years of my career? And I'm thinking- That's the signal you need. Wow. wow. That's great. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't been in a hospital since the day I was born. I have no idea what you're talking about or why you think our product is going to be relevant for you. But I found somebody who's got a pain point that we're, we can solve. Sure. And the thing about healthcare, once we got into it, everybody has a story. Everybody has a connection where they've had either a really good experience in a hospital or a really bad experience in the hospital. And for us, our employees are very motivated because they want to have an impact on the world. They want to have an impact on patients and patient families and the flow of hospitals. And so it's very personal. It's a mission connection that's extremely personal for the people who work there. And many of them have had negative experiences in hospitals that they want to see better in the future. And so I think maybe similar to what you were describing in terms of your own you know, exploration in the space. I know that for me personally, even after I'd been at Vocera for many, many years, not until my son got sick and spent a bunch of time in a hospital did I actually realize just how broken many of the processes are and how much an improved communication system could actually improve not only his experience, but also our family experience, the experience of the nurses and the whole care team that was around him. Yeah. And let's talk about the uh, experience that Vocera is helping facilitate and maybe what it was before and what it is now and what it's becoming. Uh, I think that would be really cool, especially to hear your vision about what it needs to become, maybe, uh, which is always like tricky territory because I'm sh your progress is, of course, incredible. It's a tremendous accomplishment. However, there's always that element of divine discontent that drives a lot of innovation. So 
uh, yeah, I would love to hear, you know, what it was like before now and um, in the future. So the reality of most hospitals is that they're still using very, very legacy technologies. There's they're using a lot of overhead paging. They're using a lot of alphanumeric pagers. In fact, the joke in healthcare is that it used to be that just drug dealers and doctors use pagers. <laughs> and now all the drug dealers have got iPhones, but the doctors are still <laughs> carrying pagers. So it's, it's imagine an environment that is many times way behind the technology learning curve for other environments. And so the, the situation we walked into was historically a nurse, if they were standing at the patient's bedside and they recognized that something needed to be done, some action needed to happen, in the old way of doing things, they had to leave the patient's bedside. They had to work, walk to the nurse's station. They had to look through a list of phone numbers to try to figure out who was responsible for what at that particular moment in time, because healthcare is a shift-based environment. So right. the, the on-call person for a particular function or the nurse responsible for a particular patient is constantly changing. And so they would have these call sheets that would be out of date with pager numbers on them or trying to page people over overhead using overhead paging. Meanwhile, the patient is sitting in their bed in pain, needing help, and they're doing this crazy dial for dollars mechanism. And so the fundamental problem that we solved initially was that we wanted to enable that nurse standing at the patient's bedside to immediately be able to get hold of the help that they need. And so with our combination of our wearable badge and our software, a nurse can push the button on her badge and say, get me the on-call cardiologist or call the transport tech or emergency broadcast to the uh, the emergency response team or the code blue team. And without having to leave the patient, immediately get a hold of that entire group of people or that role to be able to drive action to take care of that patient. And that was the core value proposition of what we did for many, many years, because that directory of who was doing what and that ability to do it without leaving the patient and do it in a hands-free manner where you could continue to interact with the patient if they were in pain or if you needed to adjust something was really the core of what's happened. As the companies evolved, more and more expert systems have come into the hospital. And so we now have smart beds that notice if the bed rail is being lowered on the side of, of the bed. We have patient monitors that are monitoring your heart rate and your SpO2 level. We have the electronic health record that's capturing all sorts of data about the patient and might be capturing an emergency, a stat order from a physician or a lab value that's coming back. And so that scenario that I described earlier where the nurse was noticing a change in status of the patient has been supplemented with a whole bunch of expert systems that are now also noticing those changes in patient status. And so what we've evolved from in our business is now it's not just about that person getting a hold of other people. It's now about those expert systems being able to get a hold of the right person at the right time to take action based on noticing that the patient's getting out of bed or noticing that their heart rate is elevated or noticing that there's something about their lab value in the electronic health record that might put them at risk of going into sepsis, which would be a, a blood infection. And how do we create action and workflow inside of a hospital and eliminate any delay or friction as, a, as part of that patient's journey? So I hope this isn't too random of a tangent, but I just brought up a, a, a thought. Uh, so there's a story about uh, an ancient Chinese emperor, I think, I'm blanking on the name, uh, who just noticed that there wasn't a standard for roads. Maybe this was uh, Rome. I'm sure it's happened in many different countries at many different times where uh, the folks that are ruling, whether it's a republic or monarchy, it doesn't really matter. They notice that there isn't a good workflow for people to do what they need to do, right? They're not really serving their constituents or their team or whoever it is in the way that they should be. So in order to better serve them, they implement 
standards, what, you know, they build infrastructure, they build roads, they build plumbing, whatever the case is. So is it a fair analogy to say like, that's what Vocera is trying to do inside the hospital in a, you know, more voluntary way than it's been done in the past? Maybe, you know, you, you guys have created this amazing technology. I assume there's a services component as well. There is. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I'd be just really curious to hear, is that a fair analogy? And then how do the hospitals view kind of like the work you're doing? It's a fair analogy. And and what we like to say is we're trying to take best practices and crystallize them so they get repeated every single time sure. the best way possible. And some of that has to do with technology, but a lot of it has to do with change management and how do you motivate people that there might be a better way to do things. In your, in your example of the roads, I'm sure that there's plenty of people who are pushing back against that saying, hey, I've got my cart that's a particular width. I don't want to standardize on this new kind of road. And the same is true anytime you're motivating people to change their behavior that they might've been using for many, many years sure. before that. Some so, costs are uh, scary for everyone. <laughs> even if they recognize that it might be better for them and for right. the environment, if it requires them to change their behavior or change the way they've been doing things, then that can be difficult. So uh, to answer your question about how do people feel about Vocera, I would say that 90% of them absolutely love it. The nurses are passionate about it. They say they couldn't do their job without it. Um, it's completely revolutionized the way they care for patients. They feel safer. They feel more connected to their coworkers. They feel like they can get access to the help that they need. Patients talk about it being a quieter environment. They feel more cared for. But there's that 10% who are sort of resistant saying, well, I don't like the fact that I can always be reachable. I don't like the fact that you know when I'm out getting a cigarette in the smoking section. I sure. don't know. I had a, I was at dinner one time and uh, I was sitting across the table from a, a guy who was a resident in a hospital. So he was a doctor. And our primary customers are more of the nurses. But sometimes physicians and particularly residents will wear Vocera badges. And he said, I hated Vocera when I was doing my residency. And I said, well, why? He says, well, I'd always try to sneak up to the 11th floor to take a nap <laughs> on a gurney. And everybody could always find me on my Vocera badge. And I said, well, I'm not sure that's our issue. I think you've got- Not at all. You know, <laughs> So there are some people who, who do resist that. But for the most part, I think they recognize the benefit that we can bring to the organization. And um, just to play devil's advocate, I think that when there are a lot of people inside an enterprise that are resisting kind of your, if you're already, uh, you know, a trusted vendor of the institution, there are many people who look at that and they want to, you know, turn their nose up for one year or two years. Uh, but if you just keep showing up and, you know, delivering on the, the contract or whatever you have in place, people inside the organization are going to talk. And for founders, for CEOs, sometimes it's hard to be, you know, we can hear things like that and get defensive and then start to get paranoid about, oh, wait, all these residents hate us, but they don't. In fact, it's, they're talking about you, which is a wonderful thing and kind of like spreading, here's what I like, here's what I don't like. So as a CEO, how do you kind of balance feedback like that with, you know, being defensive, with being optimistic? Um, because really we're talking about customer success and marketing at the end of the day, really complex topics. So how do you view that? And, um, you know, do you like things being said about you like that? What are some other examples of things that are said that maybe are difficult, but, you know, you love hearing at the end of the day? Yeah. Healthcare is really interesting in that regard because they love talking to sort of their competitors. It's, it's, gotcha. a, it's yeah. a different dynamic, right? I, I like to use the analogy that if Coke came up with a new way to make a Coke can that was faster, better, cheaper, lighter, whatever, they're not going to call up Pepsi and say, hey, Pepsi, <laughs> I just came up with this great new can. You should use it for your cola as well. In healthcare, that's exactly what happens. Sure. You know, they love talking to other hospitals about how they've been able to move things along and use technology to enhance their workflow. And for us in the early days, and even today, probably our strongest sales and marketing tool 
is our customers who talk to each other. A nurse might be using Vocera at one hospital and have the opportunity to move to a different hospital. And she will then promote Vocera at the new hospital. And we really encourage the ability for those customers to talk to each other and use referenceability and the case studies and the ROI metrics that they developed in one. Because as a vendor in healthcare, you're always viewed a little bit as an outsider. Sure. You know, yeah. but if you're another healthcare organization, then you you get the credence that that you're gonna be able to do that. In terms of the feedback, I would say we get a tremendous amount of positive feedback from our organizations where we're having a direct impact on patient care, where we literally will save a life in a hospital. And the hospital will call us up and say, Vocera saved a life in our hospital today. And you know the examples over my 18 plus years with the company are hundreds in the making at this point. And that really drives us not only from a product innovation standpoint, but also from a mission and a values and the kind of why question of what are we doing this for? Yeah, there's good days and bad days, but ultimately what's our why? And it's all about that patient safety and staff safety at the end of the day. And we try to be as customer driven as we can. So getting that feedback from customers around what's working, what's not working, how would they like to use it? For me, it's always been pretty easy to do because I never viewed myself as the subject matter expert. You know, I wasn't a healthcare guy, so to speak. And so if somebody said, hey, this would be a better way for that product to behave, there was no debate for me. It was like, great, appreciate the feedback. Let's see how fast we can get it implemented. Sure. And um, again, this might, this might be an extreme analogy, but I just want to tell a quick story. So when I was in the military, it was very frustrating because uh, it was kind of like a first responder type job where I was, you know, I was in the infantry, yeah. not the most glamorous uh, type of job. Many people ask, like their first question is like, you know, that's your first choice. And uh, I had, I could choose whatever job I wanted. I chose infantry for a bunch of different reasons. And it was an amazing experience. Got to go to Iraq, Egypt. I did security for Obama's first inauguration and I learned a ton. And one of the most frustrating things though, that, you know, I can commiserate with that nurse's pain uh, because there's many situations where you would be trying to implement a task with subpar technology and software. And so you would have, you know, really tough situations where bad things would happen and there would be an $800,000 piece of technology sitting on the shelf that you could have prevented, you know, somebody dying with that you weren't allowed to use because it was too expensive and it just sat on the shelf for the mm -hmm. whole deployment. I know those type of situations don't always happen in healthcare, but sometimes from the nurse's point of view or the first responder's point of view, it can feel like it, right? And it can feel very, um, it's hard to have loyalty to an organization where you have this great tech, you have this great software, and then you're not allowed to use it. So does that happen often in healthcare? And I'm, I'm really curious to know what hospitals understand that calculus and really are, you know, are there any examples you can share of like customer success stories or where hospitals have um, understood that kind of concept and then rapidly implemented Vocera or something like that? Yeah, I think one of the things that's really interesting about technology and healthcare is that it it's not been implemented in a positive fashion in many regards. Sure. So technology has kind of a bad rap inside of hospitals because in many cases, the technology was thrust upon the users without a lot of user input into the design or any input into design. And, and one of the things we're super sensitive to is getting that human-centered design early into the design process of the product. So we truly can be walking in the shoes of our customers because you could argue that whether it's the electronic health record or many other technologies that have been implemented inside of a hospital, they didn't really take into account the, the dynamics of that workflow. You know, one example that I think is really powerful is that there are a bunch of 
artificial intelligence and expert systems that are getting really good at being able to predict sepsis, which is a blood infection that if it's not treated very quickly, can actually kill a patient uh, without the proper antibiotics. And this is a case where the technology has advanced enormously over the last 20 years, where we can actually take vital signs from different monitors and different aspects of the lab values, and we can actually predict which patients might be going into sepsis. In fact, companies, there's several companies that have done this. And the problem with it was not the prediction of the of the sepsis. The problem was getting people then to take action because this algorithm would be running in this computer in some lab and it would say, the patient in room 103 is at risk of going into sepsis. But that's as far as it got. That outcome was sitting in that algorithm without any human action. And so one of the things that we did is we actually implemented an integration between this sepsis predictor and our communication system so that now the nurse responsible for that particular patient would be notified that you had a a patient that was at risk of going into sepsis. And we cut the response time down by like 70% from what it was beforehand. And we're actually actively saving lives as a result. And it's a case where the technology was all there. It was just a matter of bringing it together sure. into a complete system to get the benefit. And a uh, previous guest on the show was uh, Dr. Eric Topol, who maybe you're familiar with his work. Sure. Uh, he was, uh, it was just fascinating learning, you know, more about it. And then we've, uh, I've read like the Checklist Manifesto and many other books that maybe you've yeah. uh, enjoyed. I'm curious, who are your inspirations in the space? And do you have any, you know, folks that you've maybe followed for a long time? I think Eric Topol is a great example of it, actually, where he's really embracing technology. I think more so than the big, high headlining names, we get inspiration from our nurses every day that we interact with the frontline nurses who are living and breathing this. And one of the things that's really been special for us at Vocera is that we have now over 50 nurses who are employees of the company. And we celebrate them because that's, not only really are they cool. our customers, but they're now also our employees. They're part of our sales and services teams. They're part of our marketing team, part of our product team. And before we do anything, we will bring them into the fold. Uh, One of our chief nursing officer, Dr. Rhonda Collins, actually was part of a project called the American Nurse Project, which was really highlighting just the incredible lives that nurses live across the country and around the world. And this is something that for me, coming into this industry, I never really had an understanding of or an appreciation of. But now that I've gotten to know the lives that they live, they're truly heroes. And they are heroes in a very understated, soft-spoken way. It's just kind of a get it done mentality. You know, the classic sort of MacGyver instinct of like, yeah. you may not have the resources, you may not have the tools, but you've got a patient's life on on the line here. What are you going to do to make it work? And you hear stories of nurses hiding medications above the ceiling tiles so that they have them available when they need them or, you know, writing things on their arm because they have no other better way to keep track of a note or something they need to get done. And So for me, the nurses have always been my heroes because um, they're the ones that are really dealing with that frontline care. And so a lot of what motivates me and motivates our employees is what can we do to make their lives a little better? How can we reduce the hassle factor for them and maybe just give them a little bit of a break because they're just living a really tough, tough life? Yeah. And I think that's that brings up an interesting uh, larger conversation around societal issues, right, where there are many different individuals and our economy who are compensated. Sometimes they're compensated well. You know, they certainly agree to their compensation. However, it might not include enough compensation for certain traumatic events that occur during, you know, the course of your time. And I'm interested to, to hear how, like, what's a nurse's journey like who maybe is working in a very traditional 
hospital, a traditional place who maybe they're interested in technology, maybe they're listening to podcasts, they're listening to this one right now. How can they kind of make the transition from a field that maybe they love it, maybe they don't love it, maybe they want to serve in a different capacity, right? Because that's why I left the military. I wanted to get involved in technology and media because I saw those opportunities as something that could actually like move the needle, uh, make people's lives better day to day. You know, you can get feedback from the people you're serving every day and know you're on the right track, which is incredible. So what's the uh, journey like for, you know, a nurse or a healthcare professional or executive uh, who's interested in getting into technology, maybe reaching out to Vocera to apply for a job? What's that process like? First, I'd like to just touch on just how tough their normal life is. We've done some recent studies on nurse safety in hospitals, and it's appalling. Yeah. Um, the, the rate of which nurses are attacked is higher than prison guards. You're safer as a prison guard than you are as a nurse. And I think it's just deplorable. Um, we are not providing the tools and services to protect them. And these are people who are dedicating their lives to the care of other human beings. And yet, whether it's, Unacceptable. you know, patients who are um, on opioids or whether they're in the psych ward or it's family members acting out, the the rate of both vi verbal and physical and psychological abuse that they go under is just completely unacceptable in my opinion. And it's something that we're trying to take a much more proactive role on. We do see a lot of people leaving the profession. In fact, nurses are leaving the profession at an alarming rate. Uh, something that we're going to have to address as a society. Otherwise, we're not going to have enough nurses right. to take care of this aging population that we have in the country. And part of that comes from giving them tools that allow them to do their job better. But in the case where they do want to make a transition, there are a lot of great opportunities for them to do that. Um, a lot of nurses are moving into home care as opposed to in the hospital environment. Uh, but a lot of nurses are actually moving into the technology companies to try to get that voice of the customer directly in it. And that's part of the reason why we have over 50 nurses employed at Vocera is because we really want them as part of that. Um, and they can do a variety of different roles. It's interesting because many times I'll talk to nurses and they'll say, well, I'm not sure I'm really qualified to do something other than nursing. And I was like, well, you're scrappy. You know how to get stuff done. You're tireless. You know, you're dedicated. You're passionate. I said, those are all the things that it takes to be successful in an entrepreneurial organization. So come on in. We'll, you know, we'll take you anytime. And we've had uh, nurses come in to be members of our professional services team where we're doing the implementations and training. We've had them come in and be part of our product management team. And our chief marketing officer, Kathy English, is also a registered nurse. Even our chief nursing officer has spent time both on the clinical side, working in hospitals, as well as on the vendor side, helping vendors to, to make that translation of technology into something that actually can be, can be relevant for their, their constituents. Brent, this has uh, been an awesome interview. I know you guys have a uh, hard stop later, so I want to be respectful of your time. There's a lot I didn't even get it into, but hopefully we schedule round two at some point in the future. I uh, would love to talk about you know your early days, your childhood, uh, your time as an Olympian. Congrats. That's uh, very impressive. But for now, I was hoping we could just kind of like maybe uh, end the interview with a vision, your vision of the future of healthcare, of Ocera, and um, yeah, really anything you want to riff on or uh, leave the listeners with. So when we look at a patient's journey today in a hospital, it's characterized by a series of interruptions. There's an interruption when you're sitting in the waiting room. There's an interruption when you're waiting for your lab values. There's interruptions and delays when you're waiting for a physician consult. Everywhere along that entire patient journey, most healthcare experiences are a series of frustrations, delays, uh, interruptions, or waiting around. And 
our vision for how we can transform this is what Gartner refers to as the real-time health system. And the idea of the real-time health system is that we want to create a frictionless patient journey so that the patient is able to flow through the hospital system and the health system as easily and as quickly as possible and ultimately get back home. Because nobody wants to be in the hospital. Everybody wants to be back with at home with their family and their loved ones. And so we see an opportunity to use information and data and technology to streamline that flow of a patient's journey so that there isn't a delay waiting for a lab result or there isn't a delay waiting for a final um, MRI before a discharge or something. And, and if we can sort of look at those pathways and figure out a way to eliminate that by getting people the information and the data and the access to other people that they need in order to create that seamless environment, then we're going to be successful. And a lot of this comes back to our core mission, which is tied to improving patient safety, patient satisfaction, cost and operational efficiency, and ultimately nurse satisfaction and nurse resiliency that we talked about earlier, giving them nurses the tools to, to enable them to do their job effectively. And if we can do that, then not only we will have built a sustainable, growing business, but we will have also had a tremendous impact on our community and our employees and on the customers that we serve. I love it. That was uh, fantastic. And one more thing uh, before I forget, what type of, uh, you know, executive, is it a CTO, is it a CIO at the hospital that's usually, you know, well aware of, of Vocera? Who's, who's aware? And uh, if they're considering it right now or talking to somebody on the sales team, anything, you know, you'd like to say to them? Yeah, I would love to hear. Well, it's interesting because it's evolved over the last couple of years. We used to sell primarily into individual departments. We'd sell into the operating room or we'd sell into the emergency department, and then we would sort of grow from there, kind of a land and expand sales strategy. More and more hospitals are standardizing on their communications protocols, and the decision-making is being moved further up into the organization at the C-suite. And so I would say today, our number one champion is the chief nursing officer, uh, who's the largest uh, manager in the entire organization manages more people than anybody else in a hospital. The CIO is obviously very involved from a technology perspective. The CMIO and the CMO, the chief medical officer, are now getting more and more involved. Um, so it becomes very much of a cross-functional decision-making process. And I think the key message that I would say to that group is you need a plan. You need to think about how you're going to be addressing staff safety and patient safety and, and quality outcomes. And technology should be viewed as your friend, as a support tool for you, as opposed to this sort of evil that's been thrust upon you in the past. And organizations like Vocera are really trying to change that narrative to say, we can actually be here to make a difference, to change that dynamic and not just be another piece of technology that doesn't meet, it, meet its promise. I love it. All right. Don't want to keep you longer. Uh, thanks so much. And for everyone listening, we'll see you next time. Thanks for your time. Mission Daily and all of our podcasts are created with love by our team at mission.org. We own and operate a network of podcasts and a brand and story studio designed to accelerate learning. Our clients include companies like Salesforce, they're a customer times five, Twilio, and Katera who work with us because we produce results. To learn more and get our case studies, check out mission.org slash studios. If you're tired of media and news that promotes fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and if you want an antidote to all that chaos, you're at the right place. Subscribe here and to our daily newsletter at mission.org. Each morning, you'll get a newsletter that will help you start your morning and your day off right.
Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.